I'm Joe. And this is Ubaldi Brief. And today we're going to talk about the origins of the coronavirus. And we all know the impact of the coronavirus had on the U.S. economy and the population. And I think to date, we're almost close to 600,000 deaths from the coronavirus that hit the United States in January of last year. So a little background, we all know how it's where it originated was Wuhan, China. And the World Health Organization did a fact-finding trip, which they issued a report from that trip when they went to Wuhan to find out the real origins of that. And what they stated in a report was that the coronavirus came from a bat that went into another animal, and then it went to humans. But a lot of intelligence, U.S. intelligence, and even Secretary of State Tony Blinken are very dubious of that report because the World Health Organization experts in epidemiology and other scientific research were not allowed to meet some of the doctors. They were very cherry-picked of what they can do and what they can see. And China, and everybody believes the Chinese Communist Party has their hands all over that document. So there was one National Security Council representative that was under the Clinton administration, and he believes that this virus started from the Wuhan biochemical lab. They got on one of the chemical, the uh, workers there, and then it just got out. They just didn't do what they were supposed to do. So you're saying that it was engineered, not created, or wasn't? Correct. But that's, even Senator Tom Cotton made reference to that many months ago, and he was just ridiculed for this. But this gentleman, and he's very respectful in his in his field, say he believes it came from the Wuhan biochemical, bioweapons lab, because China's working on this. They're trying to catch up to the United States in this field, Mm -hmm. and they believe they didn't put the safeguards in. It's almost akin to Chernobyl in in 1986. The Russians were doing something that would never happen in the West, and it got out of control, and it melted down the nuclear reactor. The only way that at that time that we knew something happened is when radiation went up into the Scandinavian countries. And then they, the, the nations up there, you know, Finland, Sweden, they were like, what the heck is going on here? Mm-hmm. And they just tracked it all the way. And then Russia was finally had to admit they screwed up. And the same thing is here, but China is not admitting that. So is it under the whole like folklore that it was like maybe a lot of things that I see on like uh, social media was that it was created. Now, do we have any evidence or is it just like hearsay that we're getting the idea that this virus was created in a lab. We don't have any direct evidence because China's not allowing anybody over there. They allow the World Health Organization because they're the president, the president Tetros, if I pronounced his name right, he's from Ethiopia and he's not a doctor. And China did everything they could to get him to be the president of the World Health Organization. And that's what they're doing now. They're trying to get their people or their allies on these commissions and boards and to, you know, to make things favorable to China. What the, has the so really don't administration done when it comes to... Last year during the campaign, Joe Biden stated, I would just get a team and we're going to Wuhan, China. I'm like, oh, that, that, that's great. If China says no, what are you going to do? Yeah. But see, the, the thing that he also did when because of what happened last year, Donald President Trump 
pulled the United States out of the World Health Organization because they said, you guys are corrupt and you need to reform yourself to go back to what you originally were. And we spend about $400 million to an organization that parrots what China states. Now, it's interesting, in December of 2019, Taiwan went to the World Health Organization and told them, hey, something's going on over here. But they were dismissed. They wouldn't even meet with them because for our listeners' sake, Taiwan is not part of the UN. They were kicked out, I believe, in 1979 when we did the One China policy, meaning China, mainland China, will speak for all China, including Taiwan. Now, we have informal and formal agreements, but we still adhere to a One China policy. We'll see if that changes anytime soon. So you mentioned about us, or the death numbers for the United States was were just 600,000. Close to 600,000. I think it was like 550,000 so far. 350 million people in our country. And yet China's kind of breaching the billions when it comes to people in their country. China has about, I think, 1.3 or 1.5 billion people. What's the numbers of comparison that their numbers of deaths through COVID versus our numbers. And the one thing, our numbers were more transparent than the Chinese. China is going to make it sound like they are, they're doing it, they're handling it, we've eradicated it. See, what China did in the early stages, they locked their country down, but they allowed Chinese expatriates to travel all over the world. Because there is direct flights from Wuhan to Seattle, San Francisco, San Jose, Los Angeles, San Diego, New York. And the same thing they did with Milan and Rome. That's why Italy got hit so hard. A lot of these countries, like Iran, it's ironic. Iran just signed a mutual agreement with China, but China killed thousands of Iranians because they never told them that they had, they were infected with the coronavirus. But you were saying, wasn't like the age range of Italy, is that, isn't that the reason why they got hit as hard as because this virus tends to take out people older than it does younger? It does. If you have a respiratory problem, if you have any kind of lung issue, if you have any pre-existing condition, you're more susceptible to getting, especially a respiratory issue. The reason why Italy got so hard, hit hard is because there was direct flights from Wuhan to Rome and Milan, and Italy's health services are not really up, are not really the best. So they were more vulnerable to this, but the Chinese never let anybody know. And then when it first came out, Italy had sent some medical supplies to China, and China sent it back to Italy, but sold it to the Italians. So... The problem is right now, China, this has been under the radar. Everybody is focusing on this is a Trump virus, especially in the United States. This was a way to beat up on Donald Trump. But originally, when it first came out in January and Trump put a lockdown in the end of January of all flights from China, and then a week or so later, he did the same thing with Europe. Mm-hmm. And remember, everybody called him a racist, you're xenophobic. You had Nancy Pelosi going to Chinatown. Oh, it's safe to go here. You had Joe Biden stating 
he's a racist. And then months later, he made it that was the right thing to do. And when the Democrats had their first, had a debate in in the first week or so of February, the coronavirus wasn't even a topic. Yeah, there's things that Trump could have done differently, but for the most part, he took the lead right away, mm-hmm. where the Democrats didn't. And now they want to say, my my plan would have done this. Because remember, during the campaign, Joe Biden was interviewed by Joey Reid of MSNBC, and she had asked him, what would you do differently than what Donald Trump did? So he laid out six different things, but Joey Reid is obviously a very partisan reporter, never said to the to Joe Biden, Mr. Vice President, everything you mentioned, President Trump has already did it or is currently doing it. Yeah. And this kind of goes out to everybody that listening is that if you can tell us any differences that you notice between the Trump administration and the Biden administration on handling the pandemic, how can they get a hold of us? Yeah, you can get a hold of us by going to Ubaldi reports at gmail.com. That's Ubaldi reports at gmail.com. Or you can go to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and type in Ubaldi reports. If you go to Facebook, you can go to Ubaldi reports group and you can get us, you can get in touch from there. But I also like to thank all the listeners from the Heroes Media Group. They, which is a veteran group, they put our podcast on their platform, which has about <laughs> 30 to 35 other podcasters who are first responders or military veterans. I'd like to thank them for listening. Now, in the next week or two, we're getting prepared to do um, a live streaming of this podcast. The first one is going to be like a soft launch to describe who Joe Bitts is, who John Ubaldi is, and then what is the purpose and what is the mission of Ubaldi reports. Now, Joe also has something that we're going to be doing that's a little different in April. Yeah, starting in April, we're going to have a uncensored podcast called Ubaldi Reports Declassified, which will give you more of a uncensored, more opinionated version of this show where John and I can really express our true and what's what we, how we feel the country, the direction the country is going into. With that being said, everybody have a good night. Yeah, have a good night and keep listening to Ubaldi Reports.